a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X uh, Millville Motocross Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We are going to cover Millville, Minnesota, inside and out, everything that happened from uh, Marvin Muscan's win to Joey Savacci's win and everything else that happened at uh, Millville, Minnesota this past weekend in the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. Please download this on um, iTunes. Get it on uh, Racer X. Uh, you can get it on Pulp MX. You can subscribe to the Steve Mathis Show. There's a Fly Racing Moto 60 show on Thursdays. It's really good. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. It's been going well. And, uh, of course, flyracing.com, the official gear of Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, and the now-retired uh, Trey Kennard, who we'll, we will uh, touch on as well in the show. And uh, also we thank the folks at Alpine Star Protects. Uh, you, we know their boots. You know the Tech 8s. You know the Tech 10s. You know uh, how bitchin' they are. But besides the boot line, they got a whole line of Alpine Star Protects, the BNS Tech Carbon Neck Support, the A1 Roost Guard. It's an ultra ultra lightweight comfortable strap vest offering high levels of upper body protection that's ce certified and also the uh, fluid tech carbon knee brace it's a progressive knee pivot system uh, inside of this brace incorporates a tool-free polycentric hinge system for fast easy customization of straps secure knee fit and wide of extension wide range of extension options thanks to uh, uh, alpine star protects and fly racing for making this happen again i'm steve mathis and uh, yeah let's get into some millville hot Millville Talk. First up on the line, he's the official voice of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. He's the voice of Geneva Supercross. He's the voice of Endurocross. He's the voice of GNCC. He's the voice of GNCC Quads. He's the voice of Dirt Track. He is the Jason Wygant. Yeah! What's up, Weege? How are you? Uh, working on another one. Working on um, for maybe one weekend this uh, late this summer. Could be the voice of off-road truck racing for just one weekend. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. Is that is that a job you're trying to take from Ralph too, or who are you trying to get take get, take this one from? No, uh, this, this is, I, I guess off road truck racing. And I have to admit, when I moved, I had all these um, uh, VHS tapes from like 1989 and on, uh, which would be all Supercross and Motocross was on TV, but also the old Mickey Thompson off road truck series. Do you remember Will? Yep. Glory days of Jim Holly and Ivan Stewart and all those guys. Yep. And, uh, yeah, even back then, like 89, 90 or so, Ralph Shaheen appears, like a 23-year-old Ralph Shaheen. Uh, so he has dabbled in it, but I don't think over the last 10 or 15 years, and that sport has had wars, different sanctioning bodies, split series, all that. But through all of those multiple series, multiple promoters, I don't think Ralph was actually in that mix. So this would be the one time we do not have to go head-to-head. <laughs> I feel very good about that. But I just feel like... 
Ralph and I are fine with each other, but it keeps yeah. ending up that way. But having said that, you did say that a 23-year-old Ralph Shaheen was doing it at some point. There's no motorsport out there. Ralph Shaheen no. has, not, has not graced at one point or another. No, literally. I don't think there is. I don't think there's a single form of motorized <laughs> racing that he has not announced, and he'll gladly back that up. Right. Uh, you missed me this weekend? I, I had to watch on the NBC Gold app all weekend. I was forced to, forced to my TV. So. Uh, yeah, what's up with that, dude? Like, Millville, I thought was yeah, like... It's, it's my house. That's, no, like, yeah, you, no, that's yeah. your roots, man. It is. It is. Spun a lot of laps at, at, uh, at Millville in my life. So, um, Look, you don't want to fly all the way from Vegas to upstate New York or yeah. uh, Buds Creek, Maryland. Yep. I get it. But Millville, what the hell? Yeah. No, I am going to Buds Creek and Unadilla and, and all of that. So, um, <laughs> okay. it, just, it was time. All right. It was just time. My wife and I, wife and I had some plans and, and whatever. So, um... Cowie guys. Oh, boy. What? They really enjoy when you don't go to races. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, this is leverage now for six months over. You're not a real journalist. Right, right. You don't really cover the sport. You don't yeah. really follow what's going on. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's happening. They loved it. Yep, I'm sure they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Also on the line from Fly Racing, uh, he was not at Millville either, the Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Yeah, it was... Uh in your shoes as well trying to watch on a, on an app which is that app is great I, I hear a lot of comments good and bad but I, I think it's been pretty strong this season for the first year um but yeah i watched uh but i'll get to go next weekend so i'm excited to get back to the races i haven't been since hang no hangtown when i haven't been in a while wait so. late work let me uh, go to lakewood no uh no i oh. didn't go to lakewood okay i went to mount morris mount morris yeah um, mount morris out there yeah, the NBC Gold app has been fantastic. I've missed two races this year, Muddy Creek and Millville, and I really, really enjoy it. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, Weege, even when you're on the air, when you're talking to AC or something, you were saying. Oh, my God. It was a horrible weekend for me. Easily the worst. I'm not even, not even going to say possibly. Definitely the worst weekend I've ever had as far as uh, television performance goes, and um, including – talking to AC and Savachi about bike changes and testing, and at 9.58, I get a phone call from our producer, Chris Bond, saying, where are you? And I'm like, for what? And he's like, the practice show at 10 o'clock? I just literally forgot. I just literally forgot that we have a practice show at 10 a.m., even though we've been doing it for, I think, four years now. Rough rough weekend for yeah. you. Yeah, and then it was just off the rails. And in addition, I was hosting the Kennard press conference, so I felt like I had to you know, that kind of, it's, you don't want, like, I had to do it and tell the TV people, like, can I do this? I promise I will not take away from the show. It won't mess me up. And then I actually did screw up a bunch of things. So now I feel like I proved myself wrong. Um, they, had, well, they had a host yeah. for this thing? Like, well, this is a big deal? They, like, what'd they do? Uh, I mean, it was, it, it really probably wasn't necessary. But um, I just said, hey, if you're doing a press conference at 1130, I'm in the press. I will go anyway. Okay. And I'm like. And uh, so Jen Canyon, who used to work with us on the Racer MX Sports, Racer X, whatever you want to call it, side, she works over there. She's like, well, okay, if you want to come. All I had to do is basically say, today Trey is announcing his retirement. He has a few words prepared. Bring him up. And then we brought up. I thought this was a really classy move on KTM's part. Trey talked. DeCoster talked. But they brought Dan Bentley and Ziggy from Factory Connection over to the truck, oh. the KTM truck, to let them speak. That was the classy move. And they said Max from Fly, they invited him, and he was there, but he, he chose not to speak. But I thought that was awesome to let. They were like, yeah, it would be ridiculous to claim that he's a KTM rider. Yeah, um, yeah, really, it really would be. You're right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So um, they said as long as he's in our truck with our backgrounds and he's wearing the hat, 
um, Honda guys can come over here. And I'll tell you, Ziggy and Bentley cried. They were choking back tears. Wow. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Um, yep. Yeah, let's uh, let's touch on that a little bit. Not surprising he's called it a career. We kind of thought that uh, we – you know that it would happen. We weren't sure. Think we whispers about it. He's had a terrible season. Um, yeah, I mean, almost, almost not a surprise. Um, it's funny when you look at these sports guys. There's, there's a lot of sports guys that I follow that play their whole career with a team, and then their last season, they, they, they either get bought out or cut, and they sign with another team, and it never goes well. And then when you look at their record books, it's always you know. Uh, 15 years with one organization, then this one outlier year with some weirdo team, and and Trey's a little bit like that. He's a Honda guy uh, since he broke in and factory Honda, and he's going to have this KTM season where he raced uh, five times, six times, um, if that. And um, you know, but so I mean, just for like kind of historic sake, I almost wish he'd called it a career after last year. You know, uh, Honda did offer him uh, the Andrew Short position on the team, and uh, he wanted to keep racing. So, um, yeah, not a big deal. Who cares? But in the end, in a weird sort of way, that this one year on KTM always seems strange, and it will go down as a strange year. Yeah, I agree. And, and they even said that they were considering making a video, you know, to put out with the press release. And they said it wouldn't be fair. Like, we're not going to make a video that's 90% Honda clips. But if you don't make it 90% Honda clips, yeah. that's a disrespect to Honda and to Trey because that's where he did all his winning. That's that's where he raced most of the time. So mm-hmm. they're like, we'll just hold off on that. But uh, it, this is um, – and as you know, many people in the sport don't follow other sports. Yeah. But for those that do, this is the what team do you go into the Hall of Fame at? What hat do you wear? <laughs> that's this discussion. Yeah. No, there's like I said, there's a ton of sports guys I follow that have always jumped one season to another team, and it never works out. Um, JT, you no, Emmett Smith no. did a, Emmett Smith played for yeah. the Arizona Cardinals, right? Yeah. Mike yeah. Bordano went and played for the Red Wings for one year. It was really weird. Daniel Alfredson, uh, you know, all this. Yeah, whatever. Um, JT, we're just talking about Kennard. You got disconnected. You're back. But um, thoughts on his career? Thoughts on him hanging up? I guess not a surprise. But um, um, what do you think about uh, him hanging it up? Yeah, I think it was the right move. Um, you know, for us who followed it so closely, you could kind of see the writing on the wall. You know, uh, I think there was some hope from, you know, a lot of people, myself included, that, you know, the switch to KTM and maybe the steel frame and um, there would be kind of a like a reset button for him. But, I mean, it really wasn't. It was just kind of more of the same, more frustration and uh, crashes and, you know, missing missing time at the races. So, you know, he accomplished a lot. I mean, you look at his stats, he, he won races, won titles. I mean, he did a lot of good things. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing that I've seen, and, and this isn't, I, I don't have any factual um, reason to say this, but it's just what I see. And I don't, he doesn't look like he's having a lot of fun at the races to me. Um, he kind of lost that happy-go-lucky tray that I, you know, first was – but, but hold on a second, though. Do you mean this year or in recent years? Because I would say just, recent just years. Recent years. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know if you were talking about 2017. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I totally 100% agree. Yeah. It's just you know that's and that's why I say the writing on the wall. You know, I just think this was the right thing and the right time, and and maybe even could have even been said that it was sooner than this was the right time. Uh, he just didn't look like the same guy to me anymore. So. Um, you know, I obviously I don't think he has anything left to prove. Yeah. You know, he may he may wonder what day what could have been, but man, he did a lot and it's, I'm happy to see him going out um, you know, relatively safe and, and on his own terms. 
JT, he's had a, a terrific career. Only one national title. I say only one, but I mean one national title. This guy, though, has won uh, a lot of races and has made a lot of money in his career. And by all accounts, however you want to stack it up, uh, yes, he made less than 50% of his starts in 450 races uh, due to injury. And not all his fault either. He had a front wheel blowout on him on a Honda. He had a, a bike uh, lockup on him. But um, a fantastic career and one that 98% of racers would take if you offered it to them you know, at the start of their career. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's had he's had a lot of injuries to deal with. I mean, the one you know that uh, from Los Angeles in 2012 was just horrific. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know that I would want to go through all the trauma that he's gone through with his body. Uh, but as far as the results and hit, you know what he's accomplished, I mean, anybody would sign up for that. There's a very select few people that wouldn't trade their career for his. Yep. Rough year for Weege for KTM here. <laughs> like Dunge pulls the pin after Supercross trade, barely races, and he retires. Is is KTM a career killer? I'm Skip Bayless. Kept, uh, I, I'm Skip Bayless. Let me tell, tell you. Way too much practice. Way too much practice with how to do retirement yeah. press conferences. Um, yeah, just amazing how that worked. And it's full circle in a lot of ways because Dunge and Kennard are basically the same age, same era. I know they grew up racing together. They go way back. Um, and both of them have deep roots at Millville. Uh, everybody knows, obviously, Dungey's from Minnesota. That's where he had his first pro race. But Gerard um, raced there a lot as an amateur. Mm-hmm. That's where his first pro race was, ironically, in 2007. And he retires there in 2017. So, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, actually, between those two, the age, the years. And uh, just strange. I'm glad he gave it one more run. Like, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. if you knew it was going to go like this now, sure, maybe it would have been better to just retire with Honda last year. But, yeah. There was always a chance, you know, with Trace, especially almost anyone. If anyone has the puncher's chance of finding it again and going fast, and KTM's been so successful lately, you know, there was a chance that that combination was going to work, but we never really saw it. I, no. know, even, I, I know it's almost a joke event to, to draw conclusions from, but I remember the first time we saw him in the KTM was at Straight Rhythm. We were like, huh, not what you'd expect from Trey. Yeah. Um, and then what did he crash like? Literally like a lap into practice in Anaheim one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, it just never worked out. But that, that's that's all hindsight now. And the thing that he alluded to, he's got to say it without saying it. The real issue here is concussions. That's the real issue. Um, and it's obviously a super crazy sensitive topic, not even for him personally, but any athlete talking about it in any sport is going to be scary to every other athlete. Mm-hmm. So I think he's trying to keep that a little on the down low. But I think ultimately that's the uh, the real thing that he's – I mean, he basically did allude to he doesn't want to race anymore because he's afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. But I think those are the ones that are sticking with him. Even yeah. for as other traumatic things he's had, that's the real problem here. And I just hope that it's not more serious than he's letting on. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard it was, but perhaps. Um, favorite Trey Kennard memory? Uh, I might go – with the Oakland win uh, just a couple years ago, uh, out of nowhere, kind of, you know, obviously he's always, we know he's in the running, but um, it was the week after the Chad Reed black flag, correct? Right? He landed on Chad. Then, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. And then uh, he was a kind of a, all this controversy, everything else. One week later, grabs the start in Oakland, passes Chad, takes off for the win. I'm like, huh, oh, that's, that's Trey Kennard right there. What about you, uh, Weege? 
there's a lot, but I think if I'm going to go with any, I'm actually going to go with Steel City 2010. He was closing in on Porcel and points, but Porcel was doing weirdo Porcel things the whole time, and you could never quite tell, like, is Trey catching him or is Porcel just, you know, not trying and giving away points and doing stupid things in the second moto? You could, because with Porcel, you could never get a read on it. Um, so it was like five or six weeks in a row of Trey closing on points, but not necessarily being straight up faster. But those two motos at Steel City, he beat Porcel straight up. Porcel was pretty awesome at that time. And to do that, I was really impressed. Yeah. And it was obviously under pressure. He needed to win those motos to get close by the series finale. Um, it was amazing what he put together. He started behind him in both motos and beat him. And Porcel was a monster at that time. Yeah. It was impressive. Uh, what about you, JT? I have a couple. I think, uh, like, Supercross-wise, um, his comeback at his first race back in 2013, the battle with Millsass was just legendary. You know, he, and he, that was coming off a huge injury he had in 12, which nobody really expected a whole lot. I mean, they put on an incredible race for yep. everybody, his first race back. Uh, but on a more personal one, the, the summer of 2010, uh, he started working with Red Dog. That was the, you know, the year he won the outdoor title. And uh, he was riding with myself. Uh, Kyle Trigger, Red Dog, and Trey. And we were all at the sand track um, down in South Florida. And Trey, I mean, he was winning, winning two of the outdoor races. So he was obviously feeling it, you know, quote, unquote. Uh, but we were at the sand track, and on a 250, like, there were no bumps. It was just wide open, and we were all on 450s, and he was on the 250. And he, he was so pissed off at us because he couldn't beat us. You know, and I was whatever i was you know not too terrible in 2010 and red dog was red dog and chisholm was a top 10 450 guy at the time and we just were killing him at this track and i he was so frustrated and everybody was just like dude calm down you're gonna go win this weekend he's like you know he has red hair and his face was beat red because he was so mad and then you know he he had a rough day and he he wouldn't really talk to any of us because he was so mad and then the next weekend he goes one one and just crushes everyone uh but it was just funny thinking back like you know it's crazy how those days go and to see his resiliency and to be so frustrated and go out and just smoke everyone on the weekend. Um, it was just fun to be a, a small part of that, you know, for him. Okay, all right, Millville, uh, 450s. Marvin goes 1-1. Uh, Tomac goes 2-5, gets a, a kind of a crappy start in the first moto. Marv's gone by the time uh, Eli gets in the second. Second moto, Marv's uh, gone again. Eli, well, not gone again, but Marv's out front. Eli's working through crashes. And I, at that point, when Eli was on the side of the hill, why again, if you had said, hey, man, you're going to not only uh, get a third overall, you're going to make up one point on Blake Baggett, he would have took it. Uh, a very fortunate day for Eli Tomac. Could have been worse. Yeah, and um, you don't want to overanalyze things too much because then you start you know, jumping to conclusions of things. But I know as this series gets closer to the end, if um, Tomac's still in the lead, you're going to start hearing people saying, but can he close it? They can't close it because because of what happened in Supercross, and also people want to bring up uh, Salt Lake City 250s years ago. He now has this tag of, but can he close it? And even I guess you could say 2015. I mean that was early in the season, but he was already way out in front, and he didn't end up winning the title. So you're going to hear that justified or not. And then as soon as he crashed there, I'm like, here it comes. Yeah, this is the potential to get the. This is what Eli does. This is what Eli does. So good job by him to recover and minimize the damage, you know, that yeah. you know, how any of these crashes are. Man, if he landed one foot different one direction either way, yeah. could have been a lot worse. 
But, um, yeah, in the end, it worked out brilliantly for him. It, because, obviously, as long as he's not hurt, he's freaking fast. Yeah. He can pass guys. So much rain made the track pretty gnarly, man. Guys were Guys were struggling. Yeah. I mean, there were parts – you don't normally see guys at that level look slow, yeah, right? Yeah. But there were parts, and good riders, like, I'm not talking 30th place, you know, 5th place, you'd see them get to a set of ruts, and you're, that's just, these tracks are all gnarly, but rare do you see one gnarly enough where it literally makes the guys look slow. Mm-hmm. Um, JT, Marv's, uh, Marv won one, and uh, wasn't it long ago where we're like, yeah, he's probably going to pull out of the series. Uh, but uh, you know he's 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 third in the points, so so that part's good. He's not going to win this title, but uh, that's got to feel good. I mean, it wasn't that long ago? Marv was, you know, not looking too good, and and he dominated, man. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. You know, we we talked about all the scenarios, and and one of those scenarios was similar to what I've gone through here. You have a meniscus injury, and it gets better over time, and you know it, it's not a, a not really a factor in a month. You know, our big. You know, topic of conversation was that month is going to be so critical because he can lose a boatload of points in that month, which he did. You know, he basically put himself out of the title chase in that in that month stretch. Um, but yeah, you can see obviously the reason that he had the red plate earlier in the season, and you know, at one point had a 17 or 19 point lead or whatever it was. Uh, I mean, the ability's there. You know, everything he's on a obviously a championship winning program, both bike and training and everything. Uh, and then you know, if he has days like that, he's tough to beat. Um, yeah, when he gets a start, man. When he gets a start, yeah. like if he gets a start and breaks free for a lap, real good. Yeah, and I think that track was was right for him. It was so tricky and so soft and so ruddy. Um, you know, we've seen Tomac have issues on tracks like that, and I don't know what the difference is. But you know, you go back to the you know much talked about East Rutherford round was similar, where it's super ruddy, and then you see Eli go in and make a huge mistake um, yesterday in a in a real ruddy section like that, and he really wasn't. The Eli Tomek we've seen at times, you know, he, okay, he went two five, and we know the crash and everything. But I mean, to lose the first moto by twenty two seconds or whatever it was, I mean, that's not something we would expect from Eli Tomac at this point in the season, the way he's been riding. So um, I don't know what it is; it could be just coincidence, but it just seems like he has a tough time when the conditions are are similar to that. And Marvin, on the other hand, is spectacular. No, uh, I, I, no, I wouldn't. Eli rode great in that first moto. I mean, he came from... I mean, he lost by 22 seconds. Well, yeah, but Marv got the whole shot and took off. And, you know, at one point, it was 26, I think, and Eli got it down to 18. You know? All right. I mean, if you I think mean, he rode... If you think he rode lights out in the first moto... I, I, guess I wouldn't say lights opinion. out, but I think he rode very well. Yeah. All I, mean, right. I think... Okay. Uh, I mean, Weege, what do you think? He was ninth after lap one, so you know he was worse. I mean, if you're ninth place, I don't feel like at the end of lap one, I feel like that Eli Tomac comes and wins most of those models if he's ninth. That's, I mean, that's just my wow. opinion. Wow, but we've also discussed Millville being tough to pass on. I, I don't know. We, we, what do you think? What do you think of Eli's first moto ride? Uh, I hate to waffle here, but I think I'm somewhere in the middle of you two guys because if he starts where he did at Millville at Southwick, he's going to win anyway. Um, but you're basically, I think, just looking more at Southwick is a track that is maybe Eli's best. And then Millville is a track that I don't know if it's Marvin's best, but it's definitely one of his best. So it's enough to to swing it uh, either way. I don't know if I can go full on with JT and say that Tomac's bad in those conditions. I mean, yes, he's Rutherford was bad, but I feel like remember Tomac's rookie year on a 450 in Supercross, which was not really that good. But the few good races he had were on those types of tracks. I felt so. I think he can handle it, but 
it wasn't as good a track for him as Southwick, and it was way better for Marvin than Southwick. So, to me, that was enough to make the yeah. difference. So, um, somewhere in between, you guys. I, I yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he can't ride those conditions. I, I just there's been a little pattern here recently that's been weird. Um, yeah, it's true. But I, I, w- I was more my my bigger point is I just either thought there was no way possible unless you had a big crash and he would lose to Marvin by twenty plus seconds. Like I just did not see that coming. Yeah, and to back that up, if that happens at Southwick, well, it kind of almost did. Um, it didn't matter. He was coming to the front. He was going to go one one pretty much regardless of where he started. Yeah, and all things told, yeah, making up one point on, on Baggett in the title was, was pretty fortunate. So, um, Dean Wilson, 3-3. Southwick, he locked in, into the podium a little bit, a little bit. Cooper Webb went down, and a 6-3 for third is, you know, a little fortunate, but nothing this weekend. Got st- He hasn't gotten starts all, all, all season long, and uh, then he gets his podium at Southwick, and now he pulls good starts, uh, you know, rides well, 3-3, second overall. Good job for Dino, and uh, he's fourth in the points, JT. Yeah, he's he's doing great, man. Good for him. I mean, he's kind of been uh, – I don't want to say it, the same as Trey Kennard, but he's had a hes had a rough go here the last few years. So um, it's nice to see him get some momentum and some results. And, yeah, I mean, second overall, he went 3-3. He wasn't really in the battle for the win, you know, per se. Uh, but I, I feel like that's been the story of his season. Like, he's – He's been on the, the good ends of all of these rides where he gets fourth overall at Hangtown with, you know, a score that, you know, he could have easily been ninth overall if he's a couple points worse, you know. But he's he's making the most of it. He's putting himself in good situations. He's getting, you know, better starts. He's riding really well. Uh, I mean, 3-3 three, three for second overall, you know, I don't care how you get there. You take it and move forward, and that's great for him. Yeah, it's good to see. Cool. Cool job. Good job by Dino. Um. Good news, Henry Miller. You're going to pull the whole shot in in a moto. Bad news, Henry Miller. You're going to dig that front end in and go over <laughs> the bars. Oh, poor Henry Miller. Rode great, though, to get up once he got up. But, uh, man, JT, he could have been run over by 39 guys. He got lucky. Yeah, who there was some, somebody else crashed with him, and I couldn't really tell who it was. I think it was Pike. Uh, it was Pike. Pike, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the interesting thing that I was bummed on just on a pure fan level is I wanted to see what he what he could do. Yeah, he's been riding so well. You know, that's his home race. He's been getting better and better. He comes off a ninth overall at Southwick. He, he's going to grab the whole shot of his, at his home race. And I kind of felt like it was going to be a Mitchell Harrison at Red Blood moment. You know, right. I don't know that he has enough to beat, you know, Muscan or Tomac. Like, I don't think that. But it would have been fun to watch. I think he was going to go for it. You know, he's going to drop yeah. the hammer and see where, <laughs> see how things go. Unfortunately, he did that, and it only made it 20 feet. We did you check in with uh, your, your your guy Baggett this weekend? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I you know I think there were hopes that the time off would help the thumb, but um, I don't know. And I talked to Forrest last week, and he thought the news was kind of encouraging. Like they know now that it has a torn ligament, but he thought he was going to get better and improve, and the week off was going to help. And I talked to Burner and Baggett in the morning, and there was not much hope that it was going to get better. And uh, by the end of the day, they were like, yeah, it's just that. And obviously, the, those track conditions probably made it even worse. Uh, I mean, they were super bummed at the end of the day because I think they know, like, this thumb is not going to – this is going to be a problem for the second half of the season. Uh, the weekend off didn't help. Yeah, The track made it worse, which probably made them even feel worse and made them think worse of the thumb. But this is a real issue, man. And credit to him in that second moto, he made a brief run on Marvin. Like, he did try. But – uh I think we now know that this is not something that is going to just get better on its own and by the time the season ends. 
it's uh, I, it's I, probably going to cost them any chance of uh, the title. I brought this up on uh, the, on the Fly, Thry, Fly Show. Uh, that might cost them designations, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But what do they yeah. do? Because Anderson Anderson's a mess right now, too. Yeah, but Anderson's a mess because of, like, road rash, or is it something more serious? Well, we had a big crash. He told me out of Southwick, the crash road before rash Southwick too. is still a problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same thing. yeah. But yeah. I can tell you, I, just from the pictures I've seen, good luck holding on for 35 minutes two times with that road rash on your palm. Like, good luck with that. But Yeah, it's interesting yeah. that he went out and he put in about four fast laps to make the program, and then he... You know, didn't even try off the start in the first moto, and then he calls it a day. Like, I, don't, I mean, whatever, I guess. But, like, I guess you got to try. Is that kind of the, the department? Yeah, I mean, you're, the, you're you're basically carrying the flag for Husky right now in the 450 class. You're their guy moving forward long term, I think. So, yeah, whatever. I mean, no, there's not, if you can't do it, you can't do it. I don't yeah. think he had any other plans for the weekend, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he basically didn't ride. He, he said he only did, I think, seven laps since that crash. So I think he was going to the race just not knowing, like, I won't know until I actually try to ride fast how it's going to feel. Um, so, yeah, you're right. This donation thing is a mess because, like, I'm alluding to a bag, and I guess there was maybe the hope that the thumb would get okay, but I think it's pretty clear now it's not going to. So, yeah. I, I First of all, donations, tell me that's going to race, right? Is he? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Just He's got to do the USP. Uh, He's got to do my and um why did you hear any more did you hear any more about this well here's the issue the real issue is that uh the donations is i think there's one weekend between donations and monster cup yeah that's the deal breaker the one extra race i think they're down with uh but the timing they're saying they're they're just going to let eli decide you know is this going to screw you for monster cup to keep motoing down for five weeks and then quickly have to switch to supercross um and I know that's probably making people on the listening to this puke because all hardcore motocross fans would pick donations over Monster Energy Cup all day long. But that's just not the way the cookie crumbles in this game these days. You know what I do? I, I talked about this again on Thursday. I just pull the team. I don't, I don't, I don't send a team if I'm, if I'm USA. Until Ustream fixes, what are, you know, USA are the number one stars of the event. They are the ones that spend the most money getting there. Now, some of it's not needed, for sure. But uh, we they need the, some cooperation from Ustream. Uh, on, this event keeps getting pushed further and further and further back to accommodate the, the GP schedule and to basically screw the Team USA over a little bit. So if I'm USA, I just say, we're not going until you help us out. You just got to move this race up. Uh, two weeks, one week, three weeks, whatever, we're not going. I really would do that. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Um it, I know that the answer is always going to be, well, they just need to suck it up and do it for their country because that's what Jeff Stanton did or whatever. But it's just, just move it up. Just move it up three weeks. Okay, it's going to take place before the GPs are over. But you're right. So much of the draw of that event is the American team. Uh, yeah. So to make zero accommodations for that, yeah. just ridiculous to me. I will, I will say, uh, in '89, it was it, it was in '89 in Germany. It was uh, there's still three races, three nationals to go after the designations. Three USA nationals, and Kudowski and and uh, Stanton and, and um, uh, who else? '89. Uh, Wardy went. Wardy, crazy. Yeah, we're talking about October. We're racing in October for this thing now. You know, like it's, yeah. It's, no, yeah. I, it, I, is what, I, it is what it is. If we want to do it, we got to just deal with it. But it's 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 hard on our team, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to 
you know, be pro USA or whatever. I'm just looking at the facts. It's a tough deal for these guys. You know, I, I trust me, I've been over there and lost enough where I, I'm pretty indifferent at this point. But I can understand as a pro, as a former racer, the bind that it puts these guys on the schedule. Dude, you don't uh, think uh, is not a factor in October? You know, you don't think if you have some big outdoor concert uh, festival going on and you two is your headliners that you don't check in with you two to see if what works for them and what's good for them and kind of build. And I, I'm sorry if, if you're a foreigner, listen to this. I'm a foreigner also. I've been to these races. USA is the U2 of the motocross nations. People want to see them. People want to see what they're doing. Every, every tent they're pitted out of has a big crowd all day. Uh, they're posing for photos. They can't go anywhere. They need security. They're the U2 of the motocross nations. So uh, they don't need to bend over and accommodate the USA no matter what, but they got to help out. Just help out yeah, a little bit. So. I, I, I almost think that there's a uh, a bit of USA versus the world at that race, too. So if, if the schedule puts us in a not-perfect scenario, I don't think that that's something they're they're huh? too worried about. I, I almost think yeah. that they like it. Then don't go. Then don't go. And yeah, see, see how the event works. Yeah, I would. It's a bummer, but... No, I would. Instead of sending a B team and losing, don't go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the B team's a, it's a bummer. I, I hate I hate the B team thing. Even though, as the riders, they've gone and won as quote unquote B team like Weimer and Tedesco and those guys will probably hate that label too. And they've gone and won. I want to see the best guys going against the best guys. I want I want you know I want it all on the line with the best guys we got versus what they got. That's that's what that race is about. That's the spirit of that event. Weege, uh, any word on the 18 Yamaha for Webb? I mean, he did pretty good this weekend, four uh, nine for a fifth overall, but. Uh... What are you hearing? I'm hearing it's not uh, not anytime soon. Well, I haven't checked in lately because a few races ago I heard that, you know, maybe for the last three is what they were shooting for. So at that point, there's no reason to check in further until we get closer to that. So that would basically mean, you know, Unadilla uh, and on. So yeah. after Rockshugel, we can check in to see if it's going to happen. It's right. not going to happen by Rockshugel. If it is going to happen, it's going to start a Unadilla. Um, Who knows? Another 450 Motocross National Wygant Motos, and another one where Marty Davalos is top five. Fourth place, second moto. And uh, I know. And when you think about these last two races, I mean, Southwick is gnarly, we know. This one was exceptionally gnarly just for the conditions of the rain and everything and how bad it made the track. So... Two solid second motos late in the second moto on two super gnarly tracks. Martin Davalos on a 450, everybody. Rock solid. Yeah. Rock solid. Yeah. Now, go ahead. You could maybe, okay, Marty's never been much of an outdoor guy. But if you were going to argue that he was going to do anything positive, you could maybe make the case of, yeah, but he could pull some starts. He could be fast for a little while. He could hang in there. But I don't think anyone was on that. No, I think he's going to quietly just make his way into the top five late in the second motos, and then just be the irresistible force. You just can't, you just can't stop him once the train's rolling. Yeah, but you know what's coming up this weekend, Weege? Oh, his best track. His best track is Washougal, and it's co- and it's on. JT, I was thinking more right? of. Oh, I was thinking more of last year where he. Yes, could have won the moto, but it ended up flying into the podium instead of making yes, the podium. Yes, yes. Ah, that's minor, minor inconvenience for Marty Nation. But JT, Washugal, and Marty, they go together like peanut butter and jelly, except when he's flying off the track into the podium. Yeah, let's, let's really look at this for a second. Baggett's Baggett in, in a, you know, dealing with the thumb problem. He's not, he's not the Blake Baggett we saw earlier in the year. Marvin, uh, he obviously was great this weekend, so I'm going to count him as being 
Excellent. Back, He's back, yeah. He always is good at Washu as well. Anderson, we don't know. Maybe he can't ride still. Dino, he's ridden well, but I think, you know, I think Davos could beat Dino on a, any given day. Could we see Davos on the podium? Is it possible? I, I think it's possible. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on I it. will, I will be there and I hope he douses me in champagne. <laughs> you won't be anywhere near the podium, let's be real. I will be there. I'll ask John Knowles if I can get there. He, he's got passes for there. Talk to, talk to Knowles and then he can ask Kerry Joe. I'm um, sure everything will be good. Uh, that's crazy talk, but top five for Marty. I mean, come on. Come podium. on. Let's talk podium. Let's talk wow. podium. Why not? He's, going seven, right. he's got hey. fourth, fourth in the second moto two weeks in a row. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're pulling this out of thin yeah. air. Yep. No, those people that said he was going to be good on a 450, those people are proven to be right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with the line you're taking on this whole argument, but... Uh-uh. A lot of people said, you know what? Maybe just try 450s. Maybe it fits your your riding style better. You're not having a lot of success in 250s, so maybe try 450s. And a lot of those people seem to be looking pretty smart right now. Um, Weege, don't you agree? <laughs> Look, he can't even he can't even speak. He's... I can't. No. <laughs> it's amazing how this story has managed to keep giving and giving. It's unbelievable. Like, we're like to year seven, and it just keeps giving. It does. It really does. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, oh, uh, RCH. So, Bichelia comes back. Our JGR Suzuki, Matt Bichelia comes back for his first race all year, and he rides for RCH. Uh, super weird, but uh, cool, whatever. I don't care. Uh, good deal by, by everybody involved. Gets a tenth, and then he had some heat, heat stroke or something? Weech? I uh, couldn't start second yeah. model. Yeah, yeah. I went over to Kyle Bentley at the uh, end of the day and said, "Hey, can we just talk about the day?" And he's like, "I'm not talking about anything under the record. I'll just give you the info because I got nothing good to say." So, <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of bummed. Not bummed. Okay, they're not like, "What's wrong with this dude? He's exhausted." Um, they're just bummed that it worked out like that. It was unbelievably humid. Unbelievably humid. Yeah, Millville can get up. Millville can get that way. It's trapped in that valley, right? Yes, and, you know, there was so much rain soaked into it. It was like the whole day was, like, drying mm-hmm. before your eyes. So a lot of dudes who, uh, I think they said, uh, JGR guy said, Barsha had some problems with the heat, and, you know, I don't remember hearing that historically, Barsha having those problems before he lived yeah. in Florida. So I was just catching guys off guard. And then Bogle, I guess, had a big crash in the first moto, did not feel good at all going to moto two, and he said, how about I just try to hold shot and just hang on for, like, five laps? And lo and behold, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> wow, nice. So, yeah, so in the end, neither guy was up there at the end of the second moto. So they were bummed just the way it Yeah, bad, but bad day for them. I, I did ask J-Bone, because I saw Bichelia, who literally, he literally walked under the JJR tent, waved, and then went over to RCH. And I'm like, that's it. That's he, 28 seconds he was a part of JGR this year. There's a guy. <laughs> uh, um, which is such a – that whole thing is such a JGR thing. Like, that's such a JGR world. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> like, if any team's going to have a guy that doesn't race for them all year and then immediately first race rides for another team, it'd be JGR. Yeah, yeah you're right. So I said to J-Bone, I'm like, look, the cooperation that you have where you lend him out to them, they need a guy, you lend him out, it's all good. And, Jay, and J-Bone's like, we're paying him. I mean, we pay him. Suzuki does give us some money to pay him, but we are using our budget to pay him. And I was racing over there. I'm like, would any of this happen with your previous manufacturer <laughs> and their other team? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, no. Okay, Definitely so not. we were talking about this, and so Michelle is getting paid by JGR right now. With a bit that's of a the way Jaybone put it. Right. That's this way Jaybone put it. I think what he's saying is Suzuki. Yeah. Well, no, wait. No, that doesn't even. No, the, yes, they are, because we actually. Don't you and I kind of know how much money Suzuki gave them? It's basically nothing. Yeah, no, I, 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 right. I don't know about for rider salaries, but I mean, Bichelli is a Yosh Suzuki rider on the 250 team side, and Phil yeah. Phil had Suzuki bonuses that were different from other guys because he was riding 250s. So I don't know. Oh, so there is maybe some yeah. Suzuki money um, in addition. Yeah. In there. Uh, he kind of made it sound like Jaybone kind of made it sound like Suzuki gives them some money. So you can essentially say some of that does right. go to Bichelia, but they're the ones paying him. What about Kate Ottenrod? He was there. Did he go on any of the truck and say hi to JGR guys? He was there? Yeah. He yeah. yeah. He rode a KTM 450. Yeah. <laughs> he got a, I want to say he got points, one out of two motos. Uh, yeah, for 20th, right, 20th place in one moto. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Benny Bloss came back, JT. Did you hear anything? Did you find anything out? Uh, I didn't know, but I mean, it's, Kind of how it goes. You don't race for five months and then you jump back in. It's not easy. <laughs> not on a really hot and humid day, it's kind of how it's going to be expected. But no, I didn't get any insight to to his race yet. I'm sure I'll hear hear and see a lot about it when I get to the track on uh, on Thursday and Friday next week. Okay, here's an interesting uh, subtopic uh, to the Canard thing a little bit. Like, what's KTM going to do next year? Do they have three guys again? Because those two spots, I mean, riders would do heinous things to get one of those spots to each other at this at this point. So that'll be interesting to see what DeCoster and, and Pit Buyer, uh, what they do with that, those two spots. Or maybe they just have uh, uh, one spot open. They just go with two riders. Uh, Weege, what do, you, what do you know? Yeah, there's literally um, a story that's in Racer X magazine that's out right now where I theorize about all this, where Dungey's retirement gets talked of because of Dungey retiring. But there's this whole subplot of what happens to that money? You know, there's a huge salary, huge position, absolute top-level team and bike that's now available. So you have KTM who's hell-bent on winning, and I think Marvin has exceeded all expectations. But, you know, KTM's goal is to have both Marvin and Dunge, not yeah. just Marvin. Yep. So you know they're hell-bent on winning. Uh, Roxanne, it appears, is going to be back, you know, and they don't want to get beat by him. So you figure they're going to open the checkbook. And then you get all these dudes, like you said, that would do heinous things to get on the team. So yeah. between them looking for someone and people looking for them, this is one of the most intriguing things going. And I've heard rumors all over the map. Barsha, I've heard Tickle. Uh, I heard they're just going to yeah. ride it out. And in 2019, take huge swings. The guys like, you know, who's ever up then, probably Cooper Webb would be the first one to come to mind. Um, so so who, who, who would they get? I mean, they're, you, you know, they have this huge checkbook and there's an empty salary and all these things, but I don't see them just going spending the money to spend the money. Like, you got to have the rider that's on the caliber that deserves that paycheck. And right now, I don't see one out there. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't so that's why I think they take a flyer. Out. I think what's going to happen is they're going to take a flyer on either lightning in a bottle with Barsha or get a guy like Tickle and be like, he'll just be a solid number two for Marvin for one year. And then 19, when some of these other guys are up, Guys uh, graduating out or web. I, I, I fully I agree. I think, that's, I think that's the smart play. I mean, there is no one available for the 18 season that I know of that can challenge Tomac Muscan for the title. That's how I see it, or Anderson, too. So, mm, well, why, okay. why spend your money now? Have we seen Marty in a 450 Supercross? We have not <laughs> seen Marty. Yes, we have Oakland. Oakland. 
He did race with uh, the Yeah, <laughs> but he was saving himself for the 250 title chase. Um, it's interesting. Here, here's, yeah. I think, the one interesting thing about this, about the Barsha scenario. We know how these teams are. Every one of these teams thinks they're the they're so much better than all other teams. So I think there's this thing in the back of the mind where it's like, okay, Barsha struggled, but we know he should have been good, and if we get him, he can be one of those guys. I think there's that. I think there's a little bit of that rattling around in those buildings. Okay. Um, I don't think everyone at KTM feels that way, but I do oh know no. for sure that certain people do. Yeah. Yep. And I know certain people don't. So it should be interesting. Yeah. If it's me, yeah. uh, I go, I go, I sign uh, Tickle, solid indoors and out, and then I give uh, Chad Reed Supercross only deal. But uh, that'd be me. Yeah, yeah, and that's not those aren't bad moves because it, it leaves you open for, yep. for nineteen to, yep. to make another run at somebody. Yeah, yep. I, I I agree with you. I I think I probably go if I go for cheap on both. I leverage the fact that we have the bike that you want, uh, and I go I would go uh, Barshed Reed with just the equipment. Like save your money, swing for the fences in nineteen, get the two guys that can possibly win you races in eighteen, which would be Reed and Barsha if everything's right. And just the PR side of Reed, everyone seems to you know love the the dad and the the age thing and all that. So I think you're going to get a lot of goodwill from that deal. Um, but I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to be a title contender. So you might as well keep your checkbook, you know, pocket it away. And then I signed Chad to a separate deal, saying I can find you if you say that this bike is holding yeah. you back. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I can't argue that. Yeah, if you say like uh, that, we didn't give you parts that you needed. Or if you say that you know we wouldn't work with you, or you know, then we find you. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, all right, uh, what else? Uh, John Short did really well. Good job by him. Dakota Alex again putting in a solid day. Um, yeah, that's about it in four fifties. Anything else, four fifties boys? Nope. All right, uh, yep. Fly Racing Racer X uh, podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. We're gonna take this commercial break. Listen to the new, uh, well, not new anymore, but listen to all about this mission of Starcross 5. And the Racetech uh, motor and suspension uh, company is cranking things out. Use the code PULPAMEX17 to save at Racetech as well. So listen to these commercials, and uh, we'll be right back to talk some 250s from Millville. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right? If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulpmex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. 
new for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting is always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! Fly Racing. Check them out. FlyRacing.com. Uh, 2018 gear coming out this weekend. Washugal JT, the guys will be in it. All the fly guys rocking it. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I get to dress a bunch of mannequins on Friday and put new stuff on, guys. It's an exciting weekend for, oh, uh, so, for gear so. nerds. We get to actually show everyone what we've been working on. So exciting. Um, also, too, presented by Alpine Star Protects. This is uh, the Racer X podcast. All right, 250s from uh, Millville. Joey Savacci, man. Testing. Joey Savacci. Well, you know testing. what? As good as he was, and he was all that testing, uh, as good as he was, Osborne's second moto. I mean, come on. Like, that was awesome. All I, all I want you to do, I want you to put, I want to put it to bed that, that testing and setup matters. And case in point, Joey Savacci. That's all I want. That's all okay. I want from you. Uh, I would not have a problem with that at all, except uh, Adam Cincerillo also made the trip up uh, to, the, to the goat farm and went 6 6 on the day. Where was, where was the magic? He yeah, was fast qualifier the week before, too. Where was the magic setup for AC? Did, did they only give it to one guy? They just uh, gave it to, to Joe? You, you have to tell the testing guy where to go with the bike. Oh, okay. All right. Gotta, okay. Gotta give directions. All right. Okay. Just checking on that. Uh, great job, though. Uh, but honestly, uh, Osborne. So, valve cover came loose, I would guess. Weege, uh, you called it a radiator hose. Of course, you didn't know that at the time. Um, but if it was a radiator yeah. hose, yeah, 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 I wasn't, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, coming down on you. They thought it was. You saw on the show that yeah. they even had mechanic Dave put on the board radiator hose. Um, um, but I was thinking to myself, like that thing is not gonna, that's not gonna last with no water that long. And then it kept going and going, and I'm like, could it not be water? But then I was like, no, I think it's water. The way the way it exploded, the way it all went at once, that's that's water, you know. But um, coolant but man that was some some salvage job that could have gone ugly yeah enough, you know? but it was a part on the they didn't say the valve cover they said it was a gasket on the valve cover i don't think it was the valve cover gasket something else came out of there and then 
honestly, it's weird because they said it didn't even lose that much oil, and by the end it was actually really okay. And then Osborne was almost bummed that he rode so slow. Um, But it didn't look like... It didn't look like smoke. It looked like steam. That's what confused me. Yeah, no. Um, and obviously they thought that, too, because that's obviously what they radioed uh, to the mechanic. What was hilarious, though, was how weird was it to see Ferrandis and Sexton having the battle of death, like <laughs> ramming each other, passing each other two or three times, but only basically maintaining Osborne's uh, 4,000 RPM yeah. pace. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, well, but look at the second moto for Osborne. Like, he just... oh. Dude, he just caught Joey, left him. Like, it's a great ride. He came. What 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 place was he opening lap? He said he fell. What? Yeah, he said he said he fell like in the second lap. I don't even understand. I don't. No, because he was happened, he came around sixth, and then he went to fifth, and then he went to fourth. Oh wait. What? Oh, he it looks like he fell on lap four. He lost a spot. Oh, okay. Fell one spot. He lost one spot on lap four. Um, anyways, I've seen a real pattern now out of him, by the way, where it happens in the second half of the moto. It's not the insane-looking El Chupacabra charge, because when Baggins no, was doing no. it, it, it looked like just, oh, my God, look at how aggressive he is. But you notice, even the very first moto of the season, when he just hung back behind AC and it's like, time to go. Dude, yeah, the exact same thing. Like, he thought he was in a battle with AC. It looked like they were in a battle. And then all of a sudden he just went by him and just completely took off and then got each other a guy. It was, it was scary good. Yeah. I mean, JT, we've said it a bunch. When it's your year, it's your year. And the guy's just killing it. Yeah, I mean, things are just going his way. I mean, that could have easily – he, you know, he blew a bike up last year at Melville. DNF, you know. So, uh, just things are going his way. Even though even when they don't go his way, they still go his way. Yeah. So, that's uh, a uh, pretty strong day. He obviously is – you know, he's doing his part to make sure that he minimizes damage. He rode smartly in the first moto with an issue. Then the second moto, he comes out and dominates to get those points back. So credit to him for, you know, if, if things go wrong, he's stepping up and dropping the hammer the next time out to, to save the day. Mm-hmm. And and getting back to Joey, yeah, led every lap in the first in the first uh, moto, start to finish. Uh, and, yeah, that testing, I mean, they must have found something. The, uh, the chassis stuff has been – a bit of an issue over there um, with the team. Forkner didn't ride concussion. Uh, Justin Hill weeds jammed a wrist. Is what I think Schmanschworld was saying. Yeah, I don't know. I saw him walk into the uh, asterisk um, truck. Okay. Yeah. Um, before one of the practices, and I never saw him come back out. So we couldn't really see how it worked for the other guys, but you know, Joey and Adam. Uh, Adam did probably just okay, um, and uh, but Joey killed it, man. So we'll be interested to see if they can keep that up. Like, remember when RV and Weimer got the new bike, and and Weimer jumped three or four spots, and RV started kicking everyone's ass. I'll be interested to see if Joey can, you know, do it again this weekend at Washougal. Although JT uh, Millville Washougal, very different tracks. So if your chassis yeah. issues, you know. It could re- no, it's funny. I mean, it's it's completely flips. And <laughs> going back to you know bringing up Bill Poto, those guys would win each other's race. Bill Poto was almost unbeatable at Millville, and then Dungey would go beat Bill Poto at Washougal every time. It was really strange. Um, but yeah, the uh, the chassis thing will be if it was an issue, you know, before, and you know, it's the same thing for Webb. I think Webb will be in the same boat. We're going back to a hard pack track, and they've had issues. Is are those issues going to be there, or they have they made strides since? I think it'll be really apparent really quickly. Um, what did you make, JT, of the Jeremy Martin non 
penalized track cutting thing he did? Um, honestly, I think if you if you haven't penalized guys already this year, Forkner being one, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to. I just think that's just how they're going to play it in every scenario. Wasn't it weird though? Okay, Martin obviously lives there and knows that track like the back of his hand. So he goes off the track, you know, gets sideways, shoots left. It was almost like he was like, oh, I can't make it up that hill. I already know I can't even make it up the hill with, coming from a dead stop. And then he, like, he never even attempted to, to try to think about going back up the way he, he came. He was just, all right, cool. I'm cutting it right here. So I thought that was weird. Yeah, I know that the rule is you can't gain an advantage, and he did not. But to me, what he did was in violation of the spirit of the rule, which is like, if you make a mistake and or crash, there needs to be some level of penalty for that. And instead, it was basically like neutral. Like, yeah. I had a huge crash or bad moment mistake, and it basically cost me .02 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, if anything, gave him a, probably a 12-second break <laughs> real quick. Yeah, yeah. Get the heart rate down. Yeah. Um, so to me, like the spirit of the rule is you're not supposed to gain, but you're really supposed to lose a little because you crashed. Yep. But in this case, he didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm with JT a little bit. If you're not going to do it once, I guess you're not going to do it again. But I think he totally deserved one, just like I thought Forkner did too. Yes. Um, what was up with J Mart at Melville, man? Like, what did he get up to second in the first moto or third? And you're like, okay, all right, here we go, and he just got passed. Like, really weird. I talked to the guy who does the press releases for the team. Yes. Very tight. Yeah. And the info that he got from J-Mart was uh, that he struggled and it was a bad day, and he's got to go look at some footage and figure out what the heck the problem was because he doesn't know why, but he wasn't on it. Yeah. Really weird, huh, JT? Yeah, I don't don't really know what to make of him. I mean, he's looked so good and then just not great, so I don't know. I mean, it's been the, this way the last couple of years, to be honest with you, or at least the last year anyway. So, I don't know. I mean, there's been motos where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the old J-Mart. He just ran away from everybody, dominated. Uh, but if you look at how many motos he's given away and then just kind of the iffy motos, the weird motos like yesterday, there's still uh, still just qu- more questions than answers there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely bizarre coming from Millville. Uh, and A-Mart, uh, 2-4. Just the steady train that Amart is. Gains two points on Osborne, everybody, for this title. 39 plus, yeah, he's 43 back. Um, What else? Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to need something big. I mean, I, oh, that, yeah. the way this thing's going, Zacho's riding better than Alex. You know, Alex is doing great. Don't get me wrong, but Zacho's going faster, so he's going to need – He's going to need something to go wrong. Like, he's going to need that valve like cover a, to fall like, off. Like a gasket on a valve cover? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he rode well, though, second overall. Uh, Osborne third. Um, what else? Oh, McElrath. That's weird, huh? Six, first moto crashes, finishes 16th. You're like, oh, but even when before he crashed, he was only like 11th or 12th. He wasn't setting the world on fire. And then he gets a start weege and gets a third. And you're like, oh, look, Shane McElrath. Yes, um, and for a little while when Savatri was leading, he was really close, mm-hmm. and even at a few moments closing. And I'm thinking, there's no way anyone's ever gone 16-1. No way. There's, I'm sure, been DNF ones, but 16-1, I yeah. think that's too random uh, to have ever happened in the history of racing. Mm-hmm. So, crash 
out and win the, by blow up and win, but 16-1. Um, and I had noticed, I was looking at uh, the points coming into the race, and he's been it hasn't really been talked about much. Like we've talked about the pro circuit guys struggling compared to what we expected and maybe star racing a little bit because uh, they've won the last two titles. McElrath's gotten off the hook. It has not been good. Like he won three Supercrosses this year, and he's basically had no good motos at all. Yeah. Um, that stuck out to me. I'm like, boy, no one's talking about this, but he struggled big time. He really needed to get something going. Um, so sometimes shows the way this class works, right? All these guys are fast enough that they just start with the dude and just follow the guy in front yeah. of them. They can go that pace. Uh, RJ Hampshire has been pretty good, JT. A lot better. I mean, you know, he got hurt at Minneapolis. He got hurt at Minneapolis. That where he got yeah, injured. I think so. Um, but he's so, yeah, I mean, lots of time off, very similar to Benny Bloss, where they basically sat out for months. Um, but RJ's been good. I mean, he's, I think he's in a contract here, so it's really important that he does really well, and I'm sure he knows that more than anyone. But, uh, you know, for a 250 class that should be wide open next summer with, you know, people moving up and moving out, um, he's making the case to, to get a, a new deal and good equipment for sure. What about Stephen Clark, that first moto? The Englishman. Good job. Ninth. Wait, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a great starter. The same guy. No, sorry. He didn't get ninth. He got tenth. Yeah, ninth, tenth. Because he crashed with a lap to go. Yeah. 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 He had it. He was going to get eighth or ninth. Is this the same dude? I don't remember him being this good previously. <laughs> yeah, same guy. I don't know, man. I'm with you. Maybe it's not the same guy. Maybe we need to check. I don't know. Like, since Muddy Creek, I think he's been, like, really good. <laughs> and now it's getting better. I, don't, I mean, dude, if you're a privateer and you can get eighth or ninth in a moto on a 250, that's insane good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, good job by, good job by him. Second moto, he crashed out, so that kind of sucked. But Well, keep in mind, too, you know, uh, Scuba. Everyone calls him Scuba. Mm-hmm. He, uh, his first year, I'm trying to think of what year it was. But he was on a, uh, gosh, what's the Suzuki team out of oh, Mississippi? Um, yeah, so uh, Fun Sun Sun City to Mookie World Forum. Oh, yeah. Suzuki City. Name Suzuki City. Me. Suzuki City. Suzuki yeah. City, yeah. He was on a, a Suzuki yeah. for them. He was a Suzuki amateur. Came to Southwick, you know, right, I don't know if he got the whole shot, but he was right up front, ran top five for almost the whole moto. Uh, so the ability's there. He's been racing the British Championship, Outdoor Championship uh, the last year or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys where he's all speed and a great starter. So you get him the, the you know, he gets a good start. He's got plenty of speed. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of times it doesn't pan out, but you know, sometimes it does. Hey, good job. MTFs. That's what they do. They they manufacture speed over there. They're good at that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, JT, that has long been your theory of this new generation of 250F riders. They can definitely put in a couple fast laps. Yeah. Yeah, they work on speed more than uh, more than anyone that you know in my generation. That was we we did a lot of sprints, but it was about thirty five minutes and twenty laps, and lots of that. And not that you were around, you watched that go on. These kids now, man, it's scrub and hold it wide open for ten minutes, and if you can do that, you're going to make a lot of money. Plessinger had an off did Marty day. Teach those classes? Did Marty? <laughs> was, was he the teacher? <laughs> he was. Uh, he was raised in those classes. That's for sure. He actually was. If you think about it, he's one of the first students. So it's like, there we go. He's like the model. He's the model of the program. Listen, these these pods can't keep coming back to Marty every week. 
<laughs> they can't just keep working their way around and back and forth, and then you end up we all end up back up Marty. I think it's great that it does. Uh, hey, Bradley Taft's good. Got a ninth. That's been rough. But take that ninth. Build on it. Yeah. And I mean, what are you we, laughing at, Weege? DNF a bunch of motos here, but that was a good right. one for sure. What are you laughing at, Weege? Yeah, nothing to do with tax. Um, now I'm running through my mental Rolodex on every MTF rider and Marty, and it's just it's just spectacular. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, can we start getting Leopard Seal in with Marvin more, like you did with Chupacabra? I don't know. I don't think it's a nickname that I would want. We didn't think Chupacabra you think he was Chupacabra. Yeah. yeah, nobody thought he wanted that. A goat sucker. Yeah, man. Chupacabra. Chupacabra's got like a, a an aggressive, mysterious. Uh, unexplainable uh, tint to it. I would think that's cool. Uh-huh. Leopard seal, really? Yeah. About that. Yeah, leopard seal, bro. It's working. I like it. Work it in there. The public demands it. Start doing it. Mm. Yeah. Don't make me play the drop again. What would it it's sound not you, like Weech, too? What, what would it sound like if the Monster Energy Supercross voice of God were to say it? Well, funny you should say that, Weege. Uh, funny you should say that. Now, riding for Red Bull KTM from France, two-time world champion, the Leopard Seal, Marvin Moosecan. That's what it would sound like, Wygant, well, right there. Yeah, it would sound like it. It would sound just like that. Fantastic. Right. We have, We have, what, five August? September, October, November, December. We have five months to get this to be what is said in Anaheim 1. Yep. Yep. We got to ask Marv if he's okay with it. And almost no matter what, he's so nice. He'll just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he won't really understand what we really will push this. Yeah, it's bad all around because the reason I was using it, well, obviously, because it was word of the day on this dumb podcast mostly. But the theory is that he appears so friendly. Yeah but can be aggressive on the track. Which mm-hmm. I don't think he necessarily agrees with that. Um, he still, to this day, doesn't understand why Cooper Webb is mad at him. <laughs> He's a harmless little leopard seal. Um, all right, uh, Millville. So this weekend, Washougal coming up this weekend. Washougal Free Press will be there. Yeah. Covering the yeah. Uh, covering the action. Yep, I believe the hub press passes. Yep. And uh, and Denny Stevenson was at Millville, the great yeah, Debo. Yeah, he did make it. Um, he told me he spent most of the day in the Red Bull tent. Um, always good times when Denny is around. Maybe he and GL hooked up at one point. <laughs> that would not shock would me. Explain some things. Would explain some things. <laughs> that would not shock me. How's his column doing for you? We're running out of time here. He wants to write 1986 for our Loretta's countdown because he won two titles that year. But we're still waiting, and Loretta's is only about a week away. I don't think when should, I expect, when should I expect that email that we're going to need this by the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> JT, you got any memories of 86? Real quick. <laughs> uh, no, I was there 85 watching my dad race. Not 86, so I was not there. Oh. 86? You, wouldn't you have been old enough in 86 to race? Like in the youngest, youngest? Uh, yeah, I wasn't really. I didn't start really racing, racing until I was like 10. I rode a little bit, but I was racing when I was like 10. I, uh, How is that possible? How did that happen? I was racing when I was seven. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like oh. it. I didn't want to what? do it. I wanted to play baseball and other stuff. 
Um, no. I qualified in 88. Your but dad raced and your dad was gnarly. Like, yeah. at four years old, you would have just been taped to a PW50 and you're racing. Yeah. Yeah, True. he tried. He tried. I just wasn't having it. I uh, I qualified in 88 but didn't go. Didn't really. You did? Yeah, didn't really think of it as a big deal. Went uh, to Minnesota and Illinois for the two races. And Why would you uh, go to those races if you didn't plan on going? Like, mm, I feel like Illinois is a pretty good ride for you from Winnipeg. You'd have to ask Tom. I'm not sure, but oh, that, yeah. that was yeah. the plan. And then we just were like never going to go. It fell on a bad date, or maybe it fell on our Canadian National uh, uh, Amateur Racing Series, you know, our national <laughs> championship. I don't know. but um, uh, did you, Maybe 30 years later, later you would have been Tom. in the vault. I know, I would have been maybe in the vault. Did you ride it? Yeah, I'll, I'll ride it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do remember in the, the first a- area is the first one, correct? It's area, then regional? Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember the region, the area. I rode stock and mod on the same bike with with modifications, and and everyone else yeah. did too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people do it the other way. They get a, a stock bike. I I had a stock bike and rode that both a lot a few times. No, we had full like pipe and you were the other way. Yeah. Yeah, and the then way. but then like uh, we asked, and everyone's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're all doing it too. And we're like, okay, all right. So that that's what happened. You mean you had the pipe and silencer in the stock class? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Good. Yeah, everybody else did too. I, I don't know. I had bars on it because you're not even allowed to put bars on it, right, or nothing. So I remember my first year in ninety uh, ninety one on a sixty. You had that stock grips, so we were. My dad was putting gri- stock grips on on the starting line. A bunch of other people were too. Stock grips, jeez. Yep. Brutal. Wow. Um, uh, I know being on the other side of those phone calls in that office, where it's the argument that will that just you just chase your tail because people call ranting constantly saying. Why are these rules like this? Stock means stock. It's the stock class. No thing should be allowed to be changed. And then we're like, yeah, but grips, steel handlebars, seriously? Yeah. Stock means stock. Like, you can't solve this riddle. Yeah, it just goes around and around. <laughs> yeah. Like, stock grips, stock handlebars, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. But is it still like that, or what's it now? What's the rules now? You can change bars and grips? Uh, now I think they eventually changed the name of it to Limited. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's there's how you fix it right there. Um, yes. Yes. All right, everybody. Uh, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, uh, Millville Wrap-Up presented by Alpine Star Protects. Anything else, boys, from Millville? Oh, the Whoop Monster was back. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Where'd he go? All we know is he's back. That's good enough. <laughs> I got an awesome, I got an awesome. Story. No, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to tell the story. Mathis, you're going to have Jimmy Albertson on your show shortly, correct? Yeah, well, after watch Google. Okay, <laughs> ask him his Whoop Monster story. Okay, all right, okay. We need yeah. a thirty for thirty for thirty on the Whoop Monster. That's what we need. <laughs> the last I heard, he was he wanted a bunch of money to go to the race, and the Martins said no, and he said I'm never coming again, and they said all right, okay, and that was it. That was the last I heard. He was uh, trying to get money from to show up like a you know like a like a monster would. So, um, yeah. Anyways, he was back though. Uh, we need a word of the day for Washugal. I am just throwing this out on you right now. I guess. Do uh, you just want to discuss it in a group text and tweet it out? That'll work. Unless you have something. Anyone? Running out of time. Running out of time. JT. Ah. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything right now off the top of my head. So we'll uh, we'll text it to you. Figure it out. All right. All right, JT, Weege, thanks, boys. All right, guys. See ya.
Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,